was talking about selling Tampa and selling Sunset. And the reason why we're doing this is, you know, I watch reality TV shows just like everybody else. And, you know, um, I tried it out because I'm one of those people that, you know, I like to give some things a little try. Um, and I, I liked it. And I want to preface all of this that I'm about to say with saying that I actually like the show. And, but just like everybody else, I also critique the shows I watch. Now, sometimes I could critique from, you know, the standpoint of being an actress and being a producer and being a writer, you know, because that's my background, too. But professionally, I like to critique as well. And so I just made a critique just, you know, just to see what would happen. And I got a lot of response. Like, people like this show, Selling Tampa, and uh, black women are my target demographic. And so when they saw the things that I was saying, I believe they felt that it resonated with them and it felt very relatable to them. So for those of you who are just joining on my TikTok, today I'm talking about selling Tampa and selling Sunset. If you're a guy, you may not be into it. I'm just going to let you know. Today I'm going to be talking about two things. And these two things I really continue to see on all of the female-based um, franchises, reality show franchises. It's supposed to be it's, it's supposed to be inspiring. It's supposed to be uplifting. It's supposed to make women look better and to inspire us and empower us. And all we keep doing is is promoting something that tears down. Now, re in real life, drama happens. So they're doc documenting the drama, encouraging it a little bit. It happens. It makes good TV, but it, it is real life. And so, you know, we're not going to pretend that women don't get into catty mess because they do. We're not going to pretend that women don't have issues in the workplace because they do. We're just going to talk about how it's being handled. So, let me look at what somebody's saying. Today, ladies, we're talking about selling Tampa and selling Sunset. If you've been watching me on tic, uh, Twitter, at LeBeau Colbert on Twitter, a lot of the posts that I was making about these shows started to really hit home. And somebody said, Mike, Micah KS says, what's your opinion on marriage and how the black community is lacking to keep it going? Well, that is a systemic issue and for another day, and I, I promise you I will talk about that because that's a part of the things that I talk about on my show, LeBeau's Lessons. This is being recorded for my podcast, LeBeau's Lessons. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. And um, one I will be talking about marriage overall and, and all of those things that contribute. But today we're going to talk about two specific su subjects and I think I have about 14 points for you guys. And now, we know that Selling Sunset, a lot of the black women were really on uh, the show Selling Tampa because they're like, okay, I like the Selling Sunset show, but I was looking for a black version. I'm excited about this. And some of them were saying, oh, well, this let me down. This is not what I wanted to see for whatever reason. And they had their own critiques. The main difference I see between the two shows is not about black or white. I'm actually seeing a difference in what is the storyline about. On Selling Tampa, the storyline is about mainly the owner. Her name is, uh, what is her name? Um, Lord, I forgot the lady's name. Uh, she just had a baby with Ocho Cinco. She is the owner of the franchise, so it's all about her drama. On Selling Sunset, it's all about the drama of this one character named Christine Quinn and the heck that she puts everybody through. So I started to say some, um, you know, some of the thoughts that I had, and I'm going to go over these things because when it comes to business and it comes to how we deal with people like our coworkers and all of that, a lot of us women, we need to be retaught because 
here's here's one thing. On one hand, especially in our community, we talk badly about what is going on on these uh, shows, but at the same time, we're actually uh, promoting it and cheerleading for it, and we're like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, okay, at what point are we actually imitating it? Like, we're we're looking at it, and it, it's making us like that because you see these women, they are – in, you know, for their career-wise, they're at the top of their game. They're looking good. They're making money. So, of course, in this world, if you look good and you have money, you're the person that makes the shots. You're the person that everybody wants to be like. And I think um, a lot of the women that watch are starting to imitate that bad B mindset. I'm a bad B, right? And they're starting to act like that. And this is a behavior that we were at first condemning, but now we're embracing it. So I'm giving you 14 points on being a woman in a professional arena as a boss and also as an executive, okay? Because these ladies on selling selling uh, Sunset and selling Tampa, they're not low-level employees. They're at the top level. But you can see that even at the top level, they're making a lot of mistakes, okay, that could be detrimental to their careers. So the first point is, number one, let's, we're going to start with selling Tampa, and then we're going to move on to selling Sunset. Selling Tampa, my tweet started to get a lot of attention, so I'll start there. Number one, it's annoying when the only person willing to step up and take initiative gets promoted, but when but then catches backlash from the people who don't. If you don't want more responsibility, don't get upset when a person who does gets to tell you what to do. Now, I don't know about you, but in my life, I, every arena I go into, I get promoted. And the reason why that is is because I don't even have to go go out for, I don't even have to go out for that position. It's given to me because of my attitude. So when I go into the environment, I go into it with the mindset of I'm working for the Lord, so I'm here to do my best. Don't, don't think I don't get discouraged, you know, because of what's going on, but whenever I was, you know, working uh, for other people, I'm a business owner now, I went in with the attitude that I'm here to do the best I can. Well, lo and behold, I would get promoted for that. But you always end up catching backlash from the people who never came in with that attitude. They never wanted responsibility. They never wanted to. They weren't ambitious. Or if they were ambitious, the only reason why they thought they deserved to have that position is because they had been there the longest. I've come on jobs, and I'll be there for six months, and the, the manager and the person who'd been there for six years didn't never become the manager. Why is that? Because mindset, okay? And so here was a, there was a, one of the characters was upset because she was an OG she was there from the beginning when the when the broker first started the firm, and she felt like she was entitled to having the next in line position. But a lady who came in after the fact came and outdid everybody else on a personal level to the boss, and looked at that boss and said, "Whatever your problem is, is my problem. What frustrates you, I'm going to figure it out and fix it." Right? Okay. So she went in with that attitude and then became second in line to the boss. That is the natural order of things, and I'm, I'm going to get into that more. But this is one way that you, you end up getting a, having a lot of people who are good workers run off. It's because of your reaction to the ones who don't. See, the, the easiest way to... Uh, make a per a good employee want to quit is if you pair them up with people who are mediocre and they don't want anything they don't really want their they they only want a position 
or a promotion simply because they want the extra money. They don't think they need to overqualify. They're not thinking about what are they contributing to the story or the history or the journey of the company. They just want extra money. Hey, Def Jam Snoop. That's, that's my guy. Thank you for stopping by. Um, and I really don't like that. I don't like that. You know, if if you don't want to be in the position of leadership or you don't like responsibility, that's fine. If you say, you know what, there are some companies that I work with, I said, you know what, I'm falling back. I'm just going to be. I worked for Facebook for a while, and I didn't go into their being the boss. I was not this, you know, high, high-level, take-charge type of person. I was, I just was like, you know, I'm here to do my job. These are my leads. I'm not trying to surpass them. I'm going to do what I'm told to do. I'm going to go the extra mile, but I I am here to learn and then get out. And that's what I did. And I understand that. But that why be jealous of the people who are actually going in for it? And they're putting they're putting it on the table. I don't like that. The second thing is on oh, selling Tampa being great at sales doesn't mean that you can be the manager. Being great at sales doesn't mean being great at anything. One thing that I see often, especially in sales or any other, anything, is people look at how well the person does their job. I don't know about you, and you guys comment on this. Have you ever been in a position or at a company where um, somebody that's really good at their job got promoted, but they had zero leadership skills, zero leadership skills. They were good at whatever the job was. If they were uh, good at sales, they were good at marketing, and then all of a sudden a position comes open and they need somebody, and they're like, let me, let me put this person in position just because they're there and their numbers are good. I cannot stand that. Piece to the puzzle said yes in all caps. We've seen it so many times, and – I'm just saying, this is one of the reasons why I created my podcast. I'm, I talk a lot to CEOs. Stop doing this. Stop promoting, stop over-promoting people and putting them in charge of people when they don't care about these people. They don't care about your reputation of your company, or these people don't have zero leadership skills. They don't read. They don't want to learn. They don't, they don't want to, the way they talk to people is trash. They have zero communication skills. Stop putting them over your people. This is how you lose good people. Danielle Felix said, so true. Okay. Number three on selling Tampa, the quickest way to get your employees to hate you and a plot against you is to be dismissive and not communicate changes that impact them. Now, I'm going to turn to my daughter on this one. She she hates when we, we say, Oh, we're going over here or we're doing that. Yeah, I mean, I I remember what it's like to be a teenager, so I understand that, too. But in this particular episode, one of the episodes, and this this is what really made my red flag go waving, okay, on selling Tampa, is when the owner comes in and she says, there's going to be cuts. Now, from an owner's standpoint, believe me, just to have to even say that hurts, okay? When we, as business owners, we don't want to ever have to come to the employees and say, hey, guys, we have to have cuts for whatever reason. We just want everything to flow. If we have a new initiative, we don't want to have to stop anything. We don't want to have to delay anybody's pay. We don't want to have to tell anybody uh, they're going to get laid off. That's We're trying to do everything possible to avoid that happening. So to, uh, to have to come and tell your staff that you are – having to do cuts, it's kind of, it pricks you a little bit because you feel a little bit like a failure, okay? If any of you have ever run businesses and had to do that before, you know that it hurts. You probably cried the night before, okay? Then you go inside. So when she says this, 
I'm like, oh, I, I know that feeling. You know, I know what it's like to say, well, we got to make cuts. But then what happened afterwards made me mad at her. What happened was, one, she said, does anybody have a problem with this? She has an open-door policy. She said, does anybody have a problem with this? Let me know what your concerns are. And one of her good ladies said, I have a concern. She said, um, we had cuts before, and we didn't know why. You know, can you let us know why, um, you know, what's going on? Because this impacts our pay. Because these people come to work for you because they want their pay to increase. They don't want to hear we're getting cuts. They didn't plan for that. Instead of being empathetic, she's like, well, listen, if you don't like it, you can leave. I was like, oh, really? Oh, really? You're a startup, and you're going to tell your people, if you don't like this, just leave? This is her go-to statement throughout the whole show on Selling Sunset uh, Tampa. She says, "Um, nobody is holding a gun to y'all's head. If y'all don't like it, you can go somewhere else. She had, she said this, she said this, I kid you not, at least three or four or five times, three to five times before the end of the season. Anytime somebody wanted to ask her about that, she, she, this impacts them. This impacts their life. You don't know if this person bought a new house, bought a new car, had a new baby. And, and this is the thing, if it's non-negotiable, right, if it's something that you can't avoid, you could say, Okay, I I hear what you're saying. Let's talk about it later, and let's see what we can work out. Or I'm open to ideas on how we can avoid this or navigate through this. Why sit up there and say, it's not up for discussion? Oh, that that irked me so bad. Okay, this is on Selling Tampa. Okay, the fourth thing is, oh, and, and, and just to let you know what happened as a result to that, what happened was, this lady now turned against her and started trying to recruit the other uh, agents to leave with her. So she wasn't content on just leaving herself. She was about to take her two best players and skip town and say, deuces, now half your team is gone, now what? This is how you get people to turn against you, being dismissive and inconsiderate. Okay, number four, saying if you don't like it here, leave is the best way to get employees to turn on you and want to ruin your business because they feel disrespectful, little disrespected. Little did she know the other lady that she said, if you don't like it, then leave, had just got her broker's license, which means that she could legally just go ahead and start her own agency. So you don't know what's going on or what's in somebody's mind. She literally was just asking a question to get more clarity. And if she would have talked to her on the side and said, you know, I'm sorry to do this to y'all. What can I do to add more value so you don't go somewhere else? You know, because you, if you know you have good people, you have to show that. Love and appreciation unshown is unknown. Okay? So where are we at? Number I didn't number these. Number five, you often have to fire people you, A, shouldn't have hired, and B, don't know how to motivate. Take accountability. Do you know that knowing how to motivate people is a skill? Have you ever just sat down and thought about that? How would I motivate a person who doesn't feel motivated? Imagine that you have a kid. Some of you guys got kids. I homeschool three kids. Imagine that you have kids that don't want to do school. What are you going to do about that? Imagine you have a spouse that don't want to go to work. How do you motivate people? Imagine you have a company. You have to know why would you hire people if you don't know how to motivate. My problem with her mindset, yes, the owner got offended. My problem with her mindset is that since she does not know how to lead or motivate, she says, well, just leave. Problem solved. Problem solved. You don't like it here. I don't know how to talk to you, so just leave. If you have a problem, leave. Because I don't know how to motivate, how to inspire, 
how to encourage. Now, I don't want to say she's a, you know, trash business owner. I want to say that because there were some things that I liked. She did have training, which is good. She has training. Um, She did try to inspire people, and she gave people chances. The only problem I have with her is her attitude, which is ego, and her lack of willingness to be empathetic enough to sit down and explain things. I have a philosophy as a parent, and no, our employees are not our children, but there are some parallel areas there that you can take, you know, translate from parenting to being a boss. My philosophy is that if I thoroughly enough and clearly enough explain my logic to my children, they will adapt my rules as their own and therefore follow them whether I'm there or not because they see the reasoning in it. This is the same way I lead my company. When things get tough or if I have to make decisions that impact them, I explain why. If there's something new that has to be done or new tactics or, you know, any new rules or policies, I explain it thoroughly because they're not going to want to do it. They're not going to want to, you know, why are we doing this? Oh, they're just doing this so they can, you know, have another thing against us. This is another way to get rid of us. You know, there's people who think like that. People who've been through a lot, they think that the whole world is against them. So when I introduce something new, I remember one time uh, we had one client, the worst client ever. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're a business owner, fire your most high-maintenance client. If they're high-maintenance and low-paying, get rid of them, even if they're high-paying. Those types of clients are toxic to your company. But one time I had a client who wanted to challenge my any, – any person I staffed them with, they wanted to challenge them. They want to say, did you really do this? Did you really do that? I don't believe you. Where are your hours? Let me see your, your sheets and all of this stuff. She was like, really? Oh, no, I prepared my team for people like that. I said, you will have a day when you meet a person who's going to want to see every hour log. They want to see what you were working on that entire hour all the way to the end of your shift. So this is how we log things. Well, because of that experience, I learned, you know what? It's not just her workers that needed to be on that log. Let me get everybody to do that just in case we'll have this system in place so nobody will ever have to. I will never have to have somebody come to me and say, well, how do you know what they were working on between 730 and 830? I'm the CEO. Why would I know what one employee is doing between an hour, okay? Well, I do know now because I have a spreadsheet the live document that shows me. When I introduced this to my team, you know, they were resistant to it. They didn't say anything, but I could tell that they were resistant because it was low adoption in the beginning. They were slow to do it. When I explained that them doing this made it so that I can defend them and that that they will keep their job, that's when everybody jumped on because they were like, if this person says I didn't work between the time and I have no receipts, I could lose my job. That's when they started doing it. So all you have to do is explain things to people. Okay, so where are we at? One, two, three, four, five, six. Number six of 14. Being at a company the longest does not equate to leadership skills, trustworthiness, talent, nor professionalism. Just because you are at the company, and, and, and usually if you have been at the company the longest, you do adapt these different things. But let me tell you from the owner's standpoint who gets promoted. From the owner's standpoint, they're looking to a person who takes initiative, is trustworthy. That's a big, big thing. Trustworthy. And I, I'll break that, th- that down in a second. Um, they have talent. And they're professional. Now, you need all of those. How many was that? Leadership, trustworthy, talent, and professional. I'm going to tell you why. You have to have the, the whole package. If you are trustworthy but you don't have any talent, you can't bring any money through the door, or you're trustworthy where 
they can trust you, but they can't trust you with an instruction, meaning that you don't get things done in a timely manner. You can't, they can't promote you. If you have good leadership skills, right, you can lead the team well, but they can't put you in front of their top clients because you're not professional enough, you won't get the promotion. If you are professional, right, but you're not trustworthy, you're not getting the promotion. If you have talent, meaning you bringing the money through the door or you do a great job at your job, but they can't trust you or you're not professional or you have zero leadership skills, you will not get that top promotion. So you have to work on all of these things. And the problem with most people is that we want to have everything without going through anything. We don't want to learn. We want to be great. We don't want to listen to great people. And that's the issue. Let's see, we're on number seven. Number seven, people who want to work for themselves just because they don't like being told what to do also don't know how to properly delegate or lead. The only reason why, and I, I always get on entrepreneurs about this, stop trying to become an entrepreneur just because you don't like taking orders, just because you don't want to be under somebody else. It takes so much more than that. And the thing about it is that rebellion, it doesn't matter. You're working for somebody. I'm a boss. I work for somebody. Who am I working for? My clients, another person I'm working for, or my employees, because I have to serve them. The leader is the master servant. Okay? So my job is to serve everybody. Okay? Or an employee can fire me as their boss. Right? Okay. So that attitude is what needs to be adjusted. You know, you don't like, like, and one of the girls that was going to leave with the other girl, yeah, in selling Tampa, she was like, well, because I don't like nobody telling me what to do no way. So she literally was, she's there, and watch out for these people, and if this is you, change your attitude. She was literally going to come in there as soon as she felt like she was being directed or she was being told what to do. She's like, uh-uh, I'm leaving. Because she, she liked real estate because she wanted to be her own boss. So because there was a leader of this brokerage, she was just waiting for her to say, you know, do this or do that. And she's like, uh-uh, I'm my own boss. Right. So the problem with these types of people, I find, because I deal with a lot of business owners, I only deal with business owners. These people who don't like authority don't even know how to be an authority. They don't even know how to lead nobody or tell anybody what to do. You give them an assistant, you give them a project manager, and they are just like, don't even know what to do. Right. So what you have to do is sharpen your skills in leadership. We're on number eight. Refocus your energy where it, oh, that is another sheet. Let me go. Now we're going to go. Yeah, we're on seven then. Oh, well, maybe we're on seven. Because I'm, I'm reading my tweets. I'm not going through my point system as usual. But let's say, let's say we're on seven. Ann says we're on seven. We might be on eight. Which, which one am I on, y'all? Seven or eight. <laughs> okay, let's move on to selling sunset. Okay, selling sunset is is um, the one in California. Okay, and the main storyline is about uh, is about Christine and how messy she is. Okay, um, then the Nola Darling said, "I dislike the show so much because it was so catty." She was not a good leader owner. That's right. You know, I would have been really glad, and I haven't found anybody that disagrees with any of the things I said. I would have been glad to see, because this is this is also something, guys. If you listen to her backstory, there was one part, like, I almost teared up, because when I listen to her backstory, it's very touching. She's, she's like, I'm doing this for my family. You know, she had a death in the family recently, and, and she just sounded like the underdog. Like, you know, they counted me out, and I rose to the top. And I love those types of stories. And, and the thing about it is 
this is what we have to understand. Just because we're sincere doesn't mean that we're right. So she is sincere. She's sincere about where she's coming from. She's really in this business for a good reason, but the way she's leading it is improper. And it may be because she never saw the good example of that, right? Okay, well, that's that's something she needs to work on. Okay, uh, number seven or eight. On Selling Sunset, who you work with impacts how hard you work, especially for women. Who you work with impacts how hard you work. Now, have you ever, ladies or gentlemen, if you're, if I want at least one person to respond to this, um, have you ever been at a job where you came in with the right attitude and then somebody that one person, at least one person in the audience was just so annoying to you or mean to you that it actually impacted how well you performed. I'm going to raise my hand. You, Ann? Okay, yeah, you've been in judo, right? And you come in with a good attitude, Vanola Darling say yes. Then then when, when the bu- bullies and all of that, they come in with their mean girl energy, now you're not doing your best anymore. So, ladies, there is something I'm getting around to this, and I know it's very disruptive, but uh, life is short. And there's a few ways, a few mental um, a mental points that you need to process, okay? A few mental points that, that you have to process when it comes to that. Oh, I wish I had my notebook. And go get my notebook, my white notebook, because I wrote some notes about how to deal with people on the job. Um, <laughs> um, they're going to impact how hard you work. They're going to get into your head They can even run you off your job. I remember when I was in my 20s, I got ran off my job so many times because I didn't want to deal with people. Um, And then I couldn't handle those people because I was way too empathetic. I could feel everything. I'm going to get to them now. I think I had put those notes on here. That's why I didn't write them down. Okay, I'm trying to get better at, at putting things out instead of just writing them down and getting them lost in notebooks. When you think about where you're working at and you have a person or people that's making your life miserable, understand from the owner's standpoint, they're not going to be able to fire that person overnight. They may completely agree with you. And I've seen it happen so many times. I've gone through it. I've seen it happen to other people. You've seen it happen to other people. The company is dragging their feet to get rid of the person. Why is that? It's not because they're so great. It's because as a liability, they have to be able to have something concrete, something concrete before they get rid of that person because that person can come back and get, um, they can come back and sue them. They can also um, get unemployment from them. And so they have to make sure that they have good reasoning for firing them. Now, this is the position that they're in, and you can be understanding of that, and you can make your way out. You have to, you know, weigh the pros and the cons and see should you stay at this place. But if you have options, life is really short. You go, I would say go to your higher-ups and see what can be done if they can't really do anything. You know, a lot of these times I've seen these people, they're out of the door. They're just on their way out. But you have to decide what your, your you know, the peace and what you can tolerate. Uh, Ganola Darling said, is 
very deflating and discouraging is not constructive criticism is toxicity absolutely i remember i worked in a place where i was being sexually harassed and the owner was so desperate for workers she allowed it to happen which was very very risky on her point um because uh she could have got sued and it was only for my love and empathy for her that i did not go that far but i could have um and so i ended up leaving there obviously but it wasn't because of that i actually stuck through it because i had the mental dexterity to wait him out and he was gone eventually and then i became the manager so um but it's just it's i'll get more into that okay number eight you can be honest without being negative we're talking about selling sunset you can be honest without being negative. Remember I said just because you're sincere doesn't mean you're right, okay? Negativity is a choice whether you're lying or telling the truth. People think because they're telling the truth, they're not being negative. They are being negative. So what I do is I say to myself, this is a, the talk that I give to myself whenever I have to have a difficult conversation. Walk into the door with the intention of the conversation on your mind. What is your intention? When you walk through this door, are you trying to break things off? Are you trying to dialogue? Are you trying to save things? Are you trying to um, be firm, you know, but still establish the relationship? What is the intention? Okay, establish that before you go in. Then when you go in, don't let any of the language you give or the vibe you give be outside of that intention. Do not use words that are not congruent with that intention. Because what happens is you can go in, what I see on a lot of these sh women's shows, they'll go in, well, I just want to uh, clear the air, and I just want to um, make sure we're all on the same page, and, um, you know, I'm not trying to hurt her feelings or anything. And then they flip the table, they throw the wine and all of that stuff because they don't know how to stay aligned with the focus. Okay, number nine, if you cannot stand someone, do not work with them. Become, because we become who we are around and we end up mimicking people we complain about. Have you ever heard that you become your enemy over time? If you're too close to your enemy, you will become your enemy. You start to think like them. And the reason why you do is because you start to you start to get inside of their head and you start you try to be one step ahead of them. And in doing so, you start to have thinking patterns like they do. You start talking like they do. Whoever dominates your mind in your conversation is what you're moving closer to. And it's, it's very weird. If you dis disrespect the way that they're acting, it's certain things that you won't, won't do. But over a year's time, if you keep being around that person, you will find that you have that same negative attitude that they do because you keep battling don't battle with your enemy too long. Once you realize that this person, and this is one thing that irks me about those shows, they keep rehashing the same thing so people can get mad all over again. Something from five years ago, they, they keep getting mad about it. They want to keep talking about it. I want closure. I want us to finally get over this and um, move on and blah, 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 blah. And then they keep talking about it. And it keeps this continuous battle. And then now all of a sudden you can't tell one person from another because they both have the drama. They both have the drama. Nobody even remembers who's really right and who's really wrong. All they know is, well, they just always had problems with each other. You notice that the characters, they just, they always, they, you know, they have a long history of doing this. And that's how you cut it off. You know, if you can help it, I would not be working closely with somebody I strongly dislike, okay? 
I remember one time I had an employee that I strongly disliked. And let me tell you something, that was a new experience. Have you ever thought, have you ever thought, people don't think about that. Have you ever thought that you, if you own a business, that there will be people on your team that you don't like, but you can't fire them? So I had, I started a new contract with a company, and I was very, very excited because this was what my biggest client at the time. And it was a big deal that could turn into an even bigger deal. And I took somebody, I staffed somebody with it. Now here I am, the project manager. I just oversee. This person kept back, kept on being combative and finding a problem with everything. Literally came, it came down to me and my other business pa- uh, business partner being on the phone with this person. And they're trying to correct us. And everything that they bring up has an easy explanation. And the real issue was they just didn't understand the nature of the business because they were new. They were just new to it, right? Fresh out of school, didn't really have that much experience, don't really know what they're talking about. So they were angry for no reason. And literally this person asked me, well, what do you do? What do you even do? I was like, well, excuse me, what do I do? I'm the one that finds the client, nurtures the relationship, builds the the idea, strategizes the project, creates the development, staffs the project, oversees the project, restaffs the project, renegotiates the contract, is the liaison between the workers and the partners. That is, what I do is give you a job. As soon as that contract was up with him, he was out of there. Right. Story of my life. A committee rarely gets anything done. Okay, that's that's the that is something that um, committees are known for. They come to the meetings, they leave the meetings, and nothing gets done. It all falls to one, two, or three people, and that's what happens. So what you have to do is establish a working board. A working board is is people who have as much stake in the initiative as you do and at this and with that they know that they have a job to do in the organization. Okay, we're on number 11. At the core, most of us are mad at people simply because they don't like us. Stop desiring their acceptance and the anger will cease. At the core, most of us are mad at people because they don't like us. Now, really think about this. It, when you think about it, maybe this went on in your 20s, like it went on in my 20s a lot. I remember there were certain people in my life that I was angry at them because the reality was they didn't treat me the way I felt like I deserved to be treated because they didn't, 
hold me in the highest regard for whatever reason. And it just used to bother me so much. And the truth of the matter is, it was only because I wanted them to be my friend. I want you to like me. I want you to accept me. And because you don't, I'm mad. And I'm, I'm mad at you. And all you have to do, you know, I used to be a therapist for those who are watching. All you have to do is reframe the situation, resize the emotions. If you look at what is really bothering you at the core, if the reason why you're mad at them is because their opinion matters to you, all you have to do is resize their opinion. Right now, their opinion means this much. You need to make it mean that much. You have the power to do this in your own mind. And when I was looking at the selling sunset thing, what I kept seeing was women being mad at other women because just because they didn't want to be their friend. You walk through the door and you're like, I want everybody to be my friend. Not everybody's going to be your friend. Oh, she's my enemy because she's not my friend. She's not in my face. She's not inviting me to stuff. So she must hate me. Exactly. Some people come, they have their own friends, and they come to work to work. They're not trying to make friends. A lot of people have been through a lot of things in the workplace, and they've been burned. Some people in the workplace, they have this idea that I can't trust any of these people. None of these people are my friends, and I'm coming here to do my job, and they're not trying to be political about anything. They're just there to do their job, right? And we can't fault people for that, and we can't be we can't assume these people are haters because they're not trying to be in our lives outside of work and owners can go through this as well because when you're a business owner okay let's look at it this way most people work for somebody you really want the boss to like you maybe you even want them to be a part of your world outside of the company right you want them to think you're a great person the flip side of that is that employers want their employees to like them too. They just as much as you do, they don't want you don't want to seem like a number to your employee. I mean your employer, your boss, your boss doesn't want to feel like I'm just a person that signs their paycheck. And the only reason why you're in my face is because I pay you. You don't really like me. You laugh at my jokes because I'm paying you. You know? And one way to really get in the good favor of your boss and, and get somewhere with them is to genuinely care about what impacts their daily life. Whenever I deal with my clients, whatever their problem is, is my problem. It don't have to have anything to do with what we're working on because I know that whatever it is going on over here, is going to impact their relationship with me. Some kind of way is going to trickle down. So I pray for my clients. I pray for them and whatever it is they're doing and what's going on because uh, I care. And when you, people feel that, they will react to that. You know, so there. I know there's a lot of tricks that you can read up on online about, like, how to get a promotion and how to get your boss to notice you care just care and and try to make you know make them understand that you you share in their you know insights their pain their point of view okay number 12 someone who has the reputation of fighting with everyone will eventually fight with you so be prepared someone who has the reputation of fighting with everyone will eventually fight with you there's this, the girl that has the most problems on Selling Sunday, Sunset, her name is Christina. Now, the new girl that was coming in, as soon as she came in, she was like, let me sit you down and let me tell you about everybody else and how they're this, they're shady, they're this and that. Because she didn't have any more friends because she turned everybody off. So what she did was she grabbed a new person before they grabbed her and told her about Christine. And she, Christine's like, no, I'm going to get her first and turn her against you guys. And that's what she did. Now, the thing is, the lady, her name is Vanessa. She has enough sense to be um, neutral. She's neutral. So she's like, okay, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm hearing what you're saying. 
this poor lady, she's been being pulled in so many different directions because she's the new girl and she's trying to learn and she they put her in a drama it's like the drama is the topic of conversation in the entire office constantly and when you work for a small office any of y'all work for a small office you know (laughs) i fortunately don't have to deal with this because most of my staff is online but when you have a small team, everybody knows everybody's business and the drama is everybody, everywhere. Um, someone says, Amma B says, what does this have to do with a vision board? This today is not a, about a vision board. That was last week. Today we're talking about professionalism and correct leadership and communication in the workplace. That's what we're talking about. If you want to hear about the vision board, then you have to go to my podcast on Apple and just type in my name and you will see that. Okay, but when the the thing is, ladies, let me tell you something, too. Why? Oh, so they had a wrong topic on on a TikTok? Okay. All right. Thank you, Amabi. Um, guys, here's here's one thing that you should be aware of. You're coming into a new place. I told my kids, when you come into a new place, stay neutral. Don't try to go to one side or another. Listen, observe, watch the interactions. Eventually, you will see who the bad guy really is. Don't try to go to one side or another because what you can do in your haste to make friends is end up partnering up with the worst person of the group who has the worst reputation, something I was notorious for. Right. So when you walk into a new environment, stay neutral. When you find out who the person is who who has a problem with everybody, then you know that that is in your future if you connect yourself with them. Now, I'm not saying that people can't change, but this girl, Christine, on this show has a lot of growing up to do. And I'm not saying that she doesn't deserve to have friends, but hurt people hurt people. She's hurt. She is one second away from turning on Vanessa. If she sees one thing, I'm telling you, she sees her do one thing, she's going to be the new enemy too. So she's backed into a corner. So you got to be careful. Just observe. This is what, you know, they tell women, be friends with a man first. Be friends. Eventually, they show their true character, and they'll let you know if you should move forward in a relationship or not. Okay, number 13, almost done. Don't be fake. If you start fake, you'll have to stay fake. So thinking about Vanessa going into this situation and any of us going into any situation, we want to put on our best face because, you know, going into a new situation, you have the opportunity to reinvent yourself. Okay, that's fine. But don't be fake because every time you're fake, you're going to have to recreate that fake attitude every time you walk through the door. Now, some people say fake it till you make it. Some people say wear a smile because it will actually change your mood. And doing that part, that's fine. Wearing a smile, that's true. That is biological. But at the same time, you don't want to pretend that you're somebody you're not because that is something that you'll have to keep up. It's like keeping up a lie, and it's not good for you. Finally, number 14. Ding, 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 ding. Do I have a – y'all can't hear my – y'all can't hear my uh, sound effects on TikTok, but here we go. Number 14, as we wrap up, this is – oh, no, no, no. Is this number one? This No, I think this is number 13. Oops, spoke too soon. I think this is number 13. Replying to a critic only extends the negative attention you receive. Stop focusing on people who don't like you. When you respond to critics, all that does is extend the life of the negativity and the bad, you know, the bad vibes and all that negative attention on you. You want to keep rehashing something over and over again and keep talking about it. It's just going to keep it going. Let it go. Resist the urge, especially when you start coming up. Some of y'all, y'all on TikTok, y'all are trying to build a brand and become somebody. 
there's going to be people like I'm talking about these people right now, right? I'm criticizing them not in a toxic way, but in a professional way. I'm letting them know this is not the example that we need to set for ourselves. This is not the model that we need to be following for ourselves. But there will be critics, and not every critic is a hater. Some people have valid points. But if you keep focusing on people who don't like you, that's the problem. And, and this is the main thing, guys. When we try to over-apologize and we try to over-explain, over is because we have a problem deep down with people not liking us. And if you have that problem, let me tell you something. Number one, you can't be great with that mindset. Nobody that was great was liked by everybody. And the second thing is, how can God use you? Because you're about to be up against a lot of backlash, a lot of problems, because if you stand for the right thing, of course there's going to be people. And that brings me to the final one. Number 10, I mean, I'm sorry, number uh, 14. I'm all mixed up with numbers today. The last point today, guys. Let me turn on my music. The last point today, guys, is in a room of 10 people, at least one of them will not like you. That's the math. In the room of 10 people, one of them will not like you for no reason. They will find a reason not to like you, okay? So what do we have to do? Hand pick. Hand pick the people who are important to you. Don't react to the rest. And here's another um, side tip or plus. If you criticize yourself and don't take yourself too seriously, you will disarm your enemies. If you, they say this about you, wear it as a shirt. If they say this about you, put it on the table. Put it on the table first. Get the skeletons out of the closet. Tell on yourself. Be brutally honest. People will respect you for that. And when you do that, it makes them sit back. Because now you've taken away the things they were going to say. When, let's, what is people's uh, first impression of you? Do they come, they look at you, I'll tell you mine, and you can type in yours. What do people assume about you when you walk through the door? Mine is that I'm stuck up. People assume that I'm stuck up and too good. That, that tells you what kind of doors I'll be walking through. When, you, when, people, when I walk through the door, this is what people think about me. Walk into the door and say, hey, you know, hey, guys, how are you? I know I look like a, a stuck-up princess, but I'm very down-to-earth. You know, I like to do this, and I like to do that. You know, whatever it is about you, what do they pick on you about? Take, it take the power away from them. You say it first. If you have a, a certain way that you look, a certain way you sound, how you carry yourself, how you dress, and people hate on you because of that, Put it on the table. But you decide whose opinion matters. You decide whose opinion is huge and whose opinion is small. You have the power, okay? So expect it. Now that's all I have for today. Uh, let me read this again. Um, Thank you guys for watching. So if you want to, if you came in late and you want to rehear this, uh, go to Apple Podcasts later on tonight or tomorrow. Just wait till tomorrow. Make sure I have a time to upload it. And uh, today we talked about selling Tampa, selling Sunset, and we talked about being professional, how we need to carry ourselves and all that. I would love to hear your comments. Follow me on Twitter. Some of the, I'm going to keep this series going and, and talk about some of the shows that are trending. And that's uh, LeBeau Colbert on Twitter. And uh, I just launched my new website, LeBeau's Lessons. So you can go on there and, and uh, get a free download, a sample of my new book, What Are You Doing With Your Life? 
and let me know what you think about it. I think it's very powerful. Just six, I believe it's like six pages to give you a taste of what's about to come. If this wasn't enough. So guys, thank you, thank you again, and I will see you again soon next Tuesday, 12 noon, Central Standard Time. Bye-bye.